I want you to open your Bible in a moment in uh, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I want to share with you something the Lord put on my heart to uh, just uh, encourage us. I found it quite challenging. It was just a thought. And it was something that I picked up and I thought, oh my, that is so challenging. So challenging. So here's the question. I want to know whether you're a follower or a fan of Jesus. A follower or a fan of Jesus Christ. And you think, well, you know, I don't know what I am really. Well, I'll help, help you find out. Because there's a bit of a difference between being a follower and being a fan. So just read Mark chapter 1. And uh, let me just go through this and read this verse. Mark chapter 1. And Jesus said, verse 17, follow me. I will make you to become fishers of men. Follow me. Follow me. I will make you into something. I'll make you a fisher of men. That means to, that you're going to have influence with people. You will engage with people. No such thing as following Jesus without becoming involved with people. So Jesus invited ordinary people to follow him, and he made this promise, if you will follow me, your life will influence people for good. You'll become salt and become light. You will have influence that will amaze you. Follow me is an invitation to the person of Christ. A lot of people follow a church, or they follow someone on TV. They follow all kinds of things. We're made to follow something. So you are following something. It's just sometimes we haven't worked out what we're following. We can follow the course of this world. We can follow the fashion of this world. We can follow the influence of demonic spirits operating through the values of the world. Or we can choose to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, it says of the followers of Christ in Acts 17 verse 6, it said, these are those who turn the world upside down and they've come here too. So God calls you to turn the world upside down, at least to shake something, but not to be like everything around you. And I think some of the law changes that are taking place all over the world are a challenge to the church to sharpen up who we are, what we believe, and how we're going to live our life. So Jesus' invitation was not to become a Jesus fan. It was to become a Jesus follower. Follower means literally this. It's a person who follows someone else, their beliefs and their lifestyle, so they become their disciple. So when Jesus said to follow me, that doesn't sort of mean much. It doesn't register with us. But to the Hebrews, they understood Jesus is a rabbi. He's inviting me to walk with him, share my life with him, learn his teaching, apply it to my life, and then become just like him to model his life and his ministry. So the invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to open your life, to let him teach you how to do life, to change the way you live so you live like him, and to extend his ministry to the world. Hence, training courses to help you minister in the Spirit, bring healing, to minister to people, to prophesy, and so on. That's all a part of being a disciple of Jesus, part of carrying on his ministry. So the key thing is to recognize that following Jesus means change. It means change. It means learning to live life like he lives it. Now, of course, uh, in Acts 11 verse 26, it said, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. The word Christian today has little meaning. It's lost its meaning completely. So you go back to what the original, the, the word Christian means a follower of Christ. And that name was given to disciples who were followers of Christ. Not fans of Christ, but followers of Christ. Jesus got many fans, but he's not got so many followers. And the challenge for you is whether you're just going to be a fan of Jesus 
or whether you'll follow him. Whether you follow him. And it's not about so much about the church, it's about you and Jesus. And whether you will make him the center of your life and purpose to follow him. He changes people, he changes you. He certainly makes a difference in our lives. He gives an impact, he gives us a reason and a purpose for living. So a fan, however, is completely different to a follower. A fan is a supporter. A fan is an enthusiast. So someone who is a fan, they can be a sports fan. So a sports fan is someone who's an enthusiastic supporter of the team, but they're not involved in doing anything. They just come along to the match to watch the match. That's what a fan does. Come along and watch. So the fan is not in the team. A fan of Jesus is not in the Jesus team. A fan is watching the team. Fans watch things, get excited about what they're saying, get critical about what they're saying. That's what fans do. Fans move. They, the team's not doing so good, so they drift off. That's what a fan does. Maybe they have a new team. Team World will go for that one. Seems to be doing better. So people change their loyalties when they're fans. On the whole, they're enthusiastic, and they love it when the team is going well. They love to shout and clear and shout uh, and clap, but they actually are not part of the do team. They're not part of doing anything. They're just watching, observing, and enjoying. That's what being a fan is. So we want to see then, Jesus called us and he invited us. He didn't say, follow me and become one of my fans. He said, follow me and become a fisher of men. Now, no matter what way you look at that, put it another way, he said, if you commit your life to following me, the outcome is you're going to engage with people and minister and serve and touch the lives of people. That's what he said will happen. He didn't say, follow me and just have spiritual experiences. You see, when the disciples followed Jesus, he led them up the mountain. They had a wonderful experience, saw his glory. And you know what their idea was? Let's stay here. This is so good. He said, no. We're going down. There's a cross. There's a purpose. There's a mission. There's people to minister to. We're to carry the glory to earth because God's plan is not to go up into glory. It's to bring glory to the earth, bring his presence and his influence to people. So what would it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Well, you need to understand, first of all, what the mindset of a fan is, and I'll give you five qualities or characteristics of a follower of Jesus and try to contrast for you how a fan of Jesus thinks and how a follower of Jesus thinks. See, a little bit different. See, a fan of Jesus, their mindset is, I love you, Jesus. Rah, rah, rah. I love you, Jesus. Oh, oh, thank you for saving me and being so good to me and blessing me. I love you, Jesus. Now, I'll listen to you, but if I don't agree with what you say, I'm not going to do it. Now, please don't take it personally because I still love you, Jesus. In other words, fans of Jesus disconnect loving Jesus from doing what he says to do. There's a disconnect. It's the Greek mindset. It's our Western mindset. We have lots of information and knowledge and messages, but is my life changing? See, that's the problem. Fans like the information and messages, but they don't want to change. And see, Jesus is all about changing us, changing us and changing the world. 
that you change, everything around you changes. So that course on keep your love on is about you changing so you have change in the relationships. Amen? Okay, let's give me the five, I'll give you the five marks. Just lay them out. And here they are. Very, very simple. First one, first mark of a follower of Jesus is intimacy with Him. In John chapter 8, verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples or you are my followers truly. So there's at least one thing the Bible tells us that you can realize whether you're a disciple or not, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you just like to cheer on the team. If you're a follower of Jesus, here's one of the characteristics, you abide in my word. Or in other words, it means, that word abide means an ongoing committed relationship. To abide in someone's word means that you're listening to them and responding to them. It's about a relationship of intimacy. It's not just about whether you read the Bible and know the Scriptures. It's more than that. It's about ongoing intimacy. You listen to what I have to say because it's important to you, and then you do what you can to apply it into your life. That's what he's saying. To abide in Jesus' Word means to continually, as a daily lifestyle, connect to the Word of God, connect to Jesus, and you cultivate it. You cultivate it with prayer. You cultivate it with worship. That's how we do it. So loving Jesus is a lifestyle. It's every day. It's not just Sundays. Fans come on Sundays. Followers are worshiping Jesus every day because it's a lifestyle. So think about that. Abiding in the words of Jesus means remaining intimately connected and applying yourself to listen to His words and incorporate them in your life. So you do need to read the Bible. The words of Jesus tells us how to do stuff. Your brother offends you, go to him. I never thought of that. I'd rather go to someone else and complain. See, the Bible's very, very clear. Jesus has words to speak, to direct our lives. And we know we're a disciple of Jesus by our response to Him personally. So number one, it's an intimate response. So a fan of Jesus loved to come to services and enjoy the experience with God. It is wonderful. I'll come to the service and I'll enjoy what everyone else creates for me. So fans of Jesus love the services, but there's no place Jesus said about services. He said about lifestyle. So followers of Jesus make worshiping and responding to Him part of their life. It's daily life. You just love to worship Him every day. I get up to worship every day. Not because I have to, I want to. I miss Him. I love to get up and go. In fact, the best thing about coming home is not the cold weather. It was being able to get out on my prayer walk and go back and say, oh, Jesus, to feel that presence that I feel when I go prayer walking. Oh, I love that. See, it's abiding in Him. Here's the second thing. Second thing of being a follower of Jesus as against being a fan of Jesus. So here it is, John 13, verse 35. By this will all men know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Oh, you mean if I follow Jesus, I've got to love people? That is so demanding. I don't think I can do that. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, this is how you'll be known you're following me. He doesn't say you'll be known you're following me because you can quote the Bible. Or you go to lots of services, or you give lots of money. He didn't say any of those things. They're all part of being a follower, but they're not what he says you'll be known for. He says, this is how you would be known that you're following me, 
is that you'll be like me. See, you will love people. You love people. But of course, it would be easy to follow Jesus without the people. It's the people are the problem. If you haven't noticed, there's some mean, nasty people around. That's why that course is very good, because it helps you put boundaries while staying in a loving attitude. That's why I recommended it. So, love, how, how is love experienced? Well, love is not, oh, I love you. No, 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 no. It's very, very practical. Love is expressed in three ways. Generosity. Generosity is evidence of love. Meanness is not love. Fans can be mean, but disciples are generous. Kindness. Kindness. Kindness is an evidence that we are following the Lord because He's very kind. He's kind to everyone, even those who don't deserve it. Now, that's hard to take because our world, we're kind to people who deserve it. But if they don't deserve it, I will be bitchy at you <laughs> and feel quite justified. What that means is I have now lost power in my life and given it to you. That what you do determines how I am. You've got to tell me that's not love. That's being powerless. That's being powerless. Yeah, very immature. You lack power in your relationships. If your, relation, if your way you treat people depends on what they're like and how you see them, no, you've got to deal with that. See? So Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2, is it, and service. Of course, service is the other way we express love. Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2, be imitators of God as dear children. So because God is your Father, be like your Father. Walk in love like Christ walked in love and has given himself for us. So one of the things that we're known for being a disciple or a follower of Jesus is we love people. It's always practical. Now don't tell me you love God that you've seen. If the person comes up in front of you and you can't find a way to express love to them, you really don't know much about God. Because if we knew and experienced the love of God personally, we would overlook the issues of people and be able to extend grace to them. What we've received, we can give to others. Amen? So the disciples, oh, and the fans. So here's the interesting thing. Fans of Jesus, well, they comment and criticize people and they're selective who they include. That's what fans do. Fans feel free to criticize because they're not really following Jesus, so they've got no need to do what Jesus said to do, which is love people and forgive them and bless them and don't walk in bitterness and anger. Fans of Jesus don't need to do that because they're just a fan, and they don't do what he says. They just cheer him on when he does what they like. But if there are people they don't like, they're quite free to open their mouth and pour out hell. And that's what it is. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. How can we live the life of God without the power of the Holy Spirit? I already say, Holy Spirit, I love you. But we've got to deal with the things in our heart that grieve him. And what grieves him is how we treat one another. Every time you open your mouth and bitch about someone or criticize someone, tear them down, the Holy Spirit's listening and he is grieved and sorrowed and draws back from you. Now, how are you going to live a life of power like that? You can't till you repent. So fans of Jesus, fans of Jesus are quite free to criticize and pass judgments and give opinions because they're watching, not participating, and they're quite selective who they embrace. But a follower of Jesus keeps his command to love people. So they're a loving person. They practice love as a way of life 
drawing on the love of God to help them overcome the difficulty with some people. Because some people are not nice, if you haven't noticed. Here's the third thing that disciples of Jesus are known for, personal growth. Luke 6 and verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher. So you're not greater than Jesus. But everyone who is perfectly trained as a disciple will be like his teacher. So, in other words, you're saying, as you follow Jesus, you're going to become like him. If you follow him in your day-to-day life, and it's a reality because you're connecting with him and you're responding to him and you're doing what he says to do, then you will become like him. People will start to see more and more of him in your life. How many here are perfectly like Jesus? Please stand up. I want to shake your hand. Can we find one? Not one. So that means you are on a journey to grow. And you're not there yet. So you need to commit to growth. Personal growth as a disciple of Jesus is an automatic part of it. We're committed to a lifelong process of growing. It never stops. Any of you been married a while realize you've got to keep learning. Otherwise, your wife has changed. She's moved on. You're still trying to relate like you did years ago. It doesn't work. You've got to, we've got to grow and change in how we relate to one another. See, so personal growth. So God's purpose is to conform us to become like Jesus, the Bible tells us. So that means loving and kind and generous and strong and holy, a whole range of things. So you must be committed to growing. If you're a disciple, you're growing. And it's intentional. See? Now, of course, a lot of people just call themselves a Christian, but they've got no intention of growing. They want to remain as immature as they were before they got saved. How do I mind nutting off of their anger, being mean and impoverished and living like they did before? Listen, God's got you on a journey of change. When you got baptized, this is what you were saying. I have received a new life from Jesus, so my old life is being buried. I'm rising up. I got a new life in God, and it's all about Jesus, not about me. Fans call themselves Christians and wear the T-shirt, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I've got fish on the window, and I've got bumper stickers, but I'm not growing. If you're not growing, you're going backwards. So fans of Jesus are committed to personal pleasure and living in the comfort zone. Don't change me. Don't talk into my life. Don't come near me and tell me what needs to adjust, please. Because I'm only a fan of Jesus. I'm not really into following him. So I don't want you to tell me things I don't like. I don't want you to tell me the truth and give me feedback I need to hear that would make me mature. I'm only a fan of Jesus. I want to stay in the comfort zone. Any idea? Follower of Jesus committed to growth. The goal is to change and become like him. So it's going to go on forever. The last two ones, service. Service. Oh, Matthew 16, verse 24. If any man comes after me, well, that sounds like a disciple. Let him deny self, take up his cross and follow me. Oh, I don't like that. I'm a fan. Jesus, in fact, even Peter said, he came, just before Jesus said that, Jesus is talking about the cross, the necessity of the cross. And Peter comes up and says, oh, Jesus, wait a minute. We've got a good deal going here. This is a popular ministry. Please don't talk crosses. We don't want crosses in our ministry. We don't want anything to hear about a cross 
and about denying self. We don't want nothing to do with that. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me, you devil. He saw the source of that thinking, self-centered thinking. And so he made the statement, to be my disciple, you have to deal with a self-centered lifestyle. That's what it means. To deny self means you're actually living for something more than, it's not all about you. Really? For many Christians, it's all about me. My blessing, what I get out of this, what I don't get out of it. I like that service. I didn't like that service. I like that message. I didn't like that message. What the heck? That's all about you. That's not being a follower. That's being a fan. And today I didn't like the match. <laughs> Team played badly and the, and the preacher sucked. So that's it. I've had it. I'm not coming back. That's being a fan of Jesus. See? Well, come on, this is what it's like. This is what people get like. They miss the message. Jesus said, if you want to follow, if you want, he listened. He said, here it is. Crosses are part of being a Christian. Not the ones you wear around your neck, by the way. Those are the, not the real deal. The real deal, the real deal of the cross is actually surrendering what I want to please Jesus. It's called obedience. And so when Jesus says, take up your own cross, he means when you follow him and try to obey him, you will have your own issues to face with people because they won't always like you when you're honest and truthful and loving and do what he wants you to do. See, one of the challenges the, world's face, the church is facing is trying to become like the world. And I can see the world's changing so much. You've actually got to know who you are. And when you stand up and say, well, actually, you know, I love homosexuals, but God says that's a sin. And then they hate you. Instead of trying to change your message, you say, that's okay. You're allowed to hate if you wish. But it doesn't change God's truth. I'll still love you, but I'm not altering my position or being intimidated by the fact you don't like what the Word of God says. I even heard someone's suing Zondervan because of the Bible verses on homosexuality. How about that? And that's so ridiculous. Hey. Obviously, not even a fan of Jesus. So deny self. So what does denying self look like? Well, well, Jesus in John chapter 13 knelt down and he washed the disciples' feet. Well, how come the Lord of glory can wash people's feet? Can you imagine God coming and washing your feet? You'd say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. No, no, no. That's what Peter said. And Jesus said, you need to let me have access to that part of your life. And if I, being your Lord, have modeled this to you, then wash one another's feet. What that means is serve people. Take a role of servant to people. I want a position. I can see you're a great fan of Jesus. You want a position. Jesus said, you want to be great? Serve. See, he, he redefined what greatness is. So following him has got those characteristics. So the fans of Jesus focus on their own needs. They wear the t-shirt, but they don't actually follow him. Followers of Jesus focus on fulfilling God's purpose. And they realize they belong to Jesus. Their life's been purchased. Therefore, I owe him, and I can never repay. It's a debt of love. Hence, the giving is all out of, I owe him. Well, of course I give. The difference, isn't it? See? Fans give, but they don't like what they give, and they measure and see that. Did God give back to me? Hmm, no, I can't see anything. No, no, that's it. I stopped giving. And so, it, it kind of, this is a weird way of living, isn't it? That's being a fan of you. And the last one, mission. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. 
following Jesus, the outcome is you're involved, reaching, connecting, and touching the lives of people outside the family of God. And so he said in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all things I have commanded you. So the Great Commission is to go preach the gospel, share with people, share life with people. Now, making disciples is not really that hard. If you're following Jesus, you're growing, you're connected into um, fellowship where you're growing, and you're doing what you can to love Jesus and serve people, you'll automatically influence people. And so when you're intentionally influencing people towards Jesus, towards his kingdom, you're starting to disciple people. Don't make it a big hard word. You're reaching out to influence them to be attracted to the kingdom of God. Generosity attracts people. Kindness attracts people. Serving attracts people. Yet we have to really work hard to get people in the church to learn about generosity, kindness, and serving. Yet that is fundamental to being a disciple. So our mission, every believer is called to do something to build the church of Jesus Christ, to gather people up to Christ. This is part of what it means to follow him. To engage with other people. So what does a fan think? Oh, a fan of Jesus. Well, actually my life and my time are my own. Please don't call on my time and energy and effort. Uh, I'll be there Sunday though. (laughs) Unless I'm over the road at the market because they've got nice coffee. It's a fan of Jesus. Come on, you've got to get this and work it out because... Jesus called us to make disciples. It's only disciples represent Jesus as followers. And today, the thing of being a Christian is becoming so blurred. I think it's wonderful because now the challenge is, will we be followers of Jesus or just his fans? And I encourage you to think in your own life, where is it that God is challenging me to stop just being a fan, wearing the T-shirt, putting up the signs, wearing the stickers, and going rah, 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 but actually my life is not lining up walking with Jesus and following him. Why don't we just close our eyes right now? Perhaps for some of you here today, the whole area is the area of just your intimacy, your worship, your connection to Jesus through prayer and the word. This would be a great way to start is I need to build my prayer life, my time with Jesus, intimately listening to him, perhaps journaling what he's telling me, abiding in his word. What about loving? How am I, how am I getting on loving people? Oh no, I've got some issues with a lot of people. Or perhaps I need to, what do I need to do? Do I need to let something go? I need to release someone, forgive someone? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Have I taken up something that I shouldn't be taking up and it's wrecking my life with turmoil? See, one of the evidences we're walking in the Spirit is rest in our heart. If you're not at rest in your heart, you're in, you've got the flesh is working in your life. That's why that's that conflict going on. You can know when you get into a place of rest and peace that you're now flowing with the Holy Spirit. So is there some issue of loving people I need to deal with? Is there someone I need to forgive? Is there someone I need to listen to? Someone I need to talk to? What about the area of service? What am I like at serving? Am I serving God? How am I serving God? And it's, what is it? What am I committed to do that's, that shows I'm in an attitude of serving? Is my attitude to serve people? Or is it I want people to serve me? And that that's, starts in the church, and then it's into your home, and it's into community too. Do I look to people to serve and demand that they serve me, and if they don't, then I get angry? Or, or do I show ways that I can serve people and help them? How can I help you? Let me help you with that.
See, it's a spirit of serving. That's what comes out of following Jesus. Am I growing? Where am I growing? What am I growing in? What's the comfort zone I'm needing to break out in? What, what issue do I need to deal with? Have I got baggage from my past and I won't get to deal with it at all? I need to grow in that area. It's holding me back. I'm living out of strongholds and mindsets that were formed years ago. It's stopping me growing in God. What will I do about that? What about mission? Am I going to engage in mission? In what ways am I reaching people, connecting with people, attracting people, praying for people? If you want to attract someone and make a disciple, pray for them extensively by name. And then after you've prayed for a while, reach out and show kindness. Don't try and bring them to a meeting straight away. Demonstrate that you care about them. We've got to be real about this thing. This is what it means to follow Jesus. He cared about people. He laid his life down for every one of us. How embarrassing to be called a fan of Jesus when Jesus gave his life for me and invited me to follow him and be his disciple. What area do you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? What area do you feel the challenge today? Intimacy? Loving people? Personal growth? Service? Reaching out, mission. Engaging and reaching the lost. What area does God want you to respond today? I wonder how many of you Perhaps realize, oh my goodness, actually if I'm honest, I really think I'm just a fan of Jesus. I come along and cheer and clap, but that's it. I really need to follow him. He's inviting you to do that today by making it clear what following him means. It's not easy. There are challenges. But oh, the fulfillment and the reward of knowing you're walking with God and you're at peace with God and that his blessing is flowing through your life constantly. Being able to sleep at night and you're at rest in your heart. Seeing God influence people. I remember when Jesus invited me to follow him. And I have never regretted that day. And I guess on the day I die, I'll be still so glad that I responded to the great gift of God. Maybe there's someone here today and you're not a Christian. Well, you're following something else even though you don't realize it. You're following the course of this world behind which the spiritual power is influencing you in a, in a way to live your life self-centered and destructive and without purpose. You could make a decision today to open your life to Jesus Christ who died on a cross for those sins and receive him into your heart. Is there any person today right at that place needing to make a decision to receive Jesus? I'd love to pray for you. Is there anyone here ready to become a Christian? Just raise your hand. I wonder just with our eyes closed, how many people here felt God challenge them, challenge you about being a disciple, a follower of Jesus? You say, God, I need to repent today. There's areas I want to make some changes in. Just raise your hand right now. God bless. God bless. Hands all over the place. God bless. God bless. For the rest, I guess you like Jesus. That's wonderful.
<laughs> I know I need to grow. I know I need to be intimate with Him and keep being intimate. And I know I, I want more of Him. I want more of Him. That's what I desire. I know I need to grow in love, in serving, to grow in reaching out continually and constantly, not being discouraged. Father, I just thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you for the love that you show to them. And I pray that each person making a response today, your grace will touch their life to help them and empower them to grow in that area. Lord, I just ask for grace to come upon every person here today. You believe in us. You love us. You're committed to us. Now, Lord, move upon our hearts as we respond to you today. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't we stand and give Jesus a clap? We'll have to flow back into that song. Come on, let's we place you in the highest place. Let's place Jesus consciously in song in the highest place. If you have a need for prayer, please feel free to come forward.